Welcome back to Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. I'm Josh, and I'm in Vermont, and Travis is out in Los Angeles. How's it going, Travis? Oh, pretty good. You know, just living that palm tree lifestyle. (laughs) How are you doing? Well, we're experiencing an Arctic bomb, or cyclone Arctic bomb, I think. I don't know what they're calling it, but... uh, The bomb cyclone, was it called? it's It's the bomb cyclone up here. And it's negative two degrees Fahrenheit right now, and that's just really cold. My car barely starts at that negative two. You said, yeah, negative two. Oh my god! You know what? You should heat up a pot of hot boiling water and throw it in the air, and then send me the video because I never took the chance to do that when it was cold enough. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? Yeah, I think it turns into powdery snow, right? The steam does. Yeah, you have an opportunity to to try that and have some fun. Yeah, well, all right, Travis, I'll do some experiments for you. Do you have anything else you'd like me to do in the cold? Yes, I would like to see how long you can walk around barefoot in the snow before you give in. Oh, yeah? Because oh. I saw um, there's like a Vice video where a guy hikes Everest without any clothes on. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that. Uh, he, yeah, I saw the the promo for it. Haven't watched it yet, but it looks interesting. Yeah, he controls his body temperature uh, with his mind, right? Yeah, I don't know how he does it unless he's got some hidden hand warmer somewhere. I think he's controlling his mind uh, with some drugs or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just as it doesn't seem physically possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you usually, you would freeze to death if you walk around naked and it's really cold. It, I feel like it's a David Blaine thing. Like, they shoot it for Vice, and then he puts on a big warm blanket in between takes. <laughs> you can do lots of things if you put your mind to it. So I won't I won't be skeptical about it. So I know we were going to have an episode with Mike Carlson this week, but we had some technical difficulties with the audio. Some software gremlins got in there, and they made the audio real bad. So uh, that was unfortunate. It's just part of this is uh, not a perfect science. Uh, we've smoothed it out. We had a little tension about that. But, you know, that's uh, things <laughs> things were said and we had a discussion and now it's good. And we're going to march forward with the Stacking Wood franchise into the <laughs> we are. Yeah. Into the distance uh, confidently. Yeah, we'll ge- be we, we hope someday we will. Uh, be sent pictures of stacked wood from as far away as perhaps India, maybe China, maybe even Russia. Yeah, and that would really make my day. Two boys from rural New England can only dream that one day we'll see a stack of wood from Nepal, Bogota, or Perth, Australia. Yeah, I bet. It's funny to think about, but I bet people do stack wood in all of those places. It's a good way to dry it. You can mm-hmm. never stack too much wood, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So we had that technical difficulty, and yeah, we're past it. So on to the next thing. And <laughs> how are things up in Vermont, Josh? They're going pretty well. The holiday season went off without a hitch. Uh, New Year's Eve was great. Uh, we got to. I turned on the TV. I had a little gathering at my house. Uh, Liza and I did. And, oh yeah, uh, you told me that. And Sammy yeah. came up, right? Yeah, Sammy we had and Carly a, had a little New Year's party. Um, there were some babies running around. They were nice. And uh, we turned on the TV just before midnight, and Mariah Carey was about, well, she was going to sing one of her hits, and uh, 
she asked for a hot cup of tea, but no one would give it to the poor woman. And she just said, uh, I was told there'd be hot tea. Where's my hot tea? Oh, well, I don't need hot tea. I'm just like you guys. Let's get on with the show. And then that became a, you know, a viral hit of her brushing I off. Actually, I, I haven't seen that yet, um, but I think they should have her every single year now because it seems like it's it'll be like um, Groundhog's Day. She's like the groundhog for the New Year Eve, you know, and then it, depending on her mood, it's how the year will go because it didn't it was kind of a didn't go that smooth last year and then we had 2017 which has been it was a little rocky the past year and uh maybe now that she it went smoother this year 2018 will be a lot smoother you see what i'm saying like she's the groundhog she will set the tone for the year she's the bellwether for the year yeah so instead of seeing her shadow or the groundhog sees its shadow it's a longer winter or something so if mariah carey does well you're saying our year will be good yeah, if she's yeah. happy, then it'll be a good year. I mean, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we're only a few days into the new year, but hopefully it's, it's going to be a good one. It's going okay. How's it going in Los Angeles? How's it been? You flew back out there, right? Had a great time actually visiting in Boston, you know, last week. And you, you know, when we saw, we recorded from that bonfire last week. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. I, I've, um, I always love using that leaf blower to get the the fire going really hot. And I didn't really think to do that until we saw our friend Charlie do it one year. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. For those of you who've never done that, uh, if you get a leaf blower, either a handheld one or or a backpack uh, leaf blower, you can put it up to a bonfire. And if you put it low enough on the ground, it feeds a ton of oxygen into the fire and just turns it into like a large kiln. And it gets it burning really hot the way a blacksmith would use a bellows to pump air into uh, the coals. Yeah, to heat up and it's funny because we were really making that thing glow, but it was it had so much snow on it, and it had been rained on, so it just didn't want to burn. But we were making it burn. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I actually got some diesel in my gloves, and the smell's still in there. And oh, I, that's too bad. Yeah, and I I read on the internet I wanted to get the smell of diesel out of my work gloves, uh, so I put them in a bucket with some baking soda and soaked them for two days. Uh, but no, the, they still smell like diesel. So that didn't little trick didn't work for me. Um, well, they're, they're like work gloves, right? They are work gloves, but it smells like I dip them in in diesel. Like it smells very strong. <laughs> like if I but, put, but Josh, you <laughs> maybe that's it's kind of a good smell, right? In a way, like gasoline. Uh, yeah, but uh, somebody put their hat on my gloves and it made the hat smell like diesel. So I have to mm-hmm. keep them separate now. Well, but you are in more rural Vermont, so I feel like you could show up to your office like that, and they'd be like, oh, sound, it smells like Josh has been out, you know, bonfiring. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I yeah. just wanted to dull it down a little bit so it doesn't smell like a truck stop in my uh, entryway. No, I understand. Yeah, uh, smelling good is important in a modern-day society. It smells really... Um, on, a, on my plane ride home, there was a, a man that walked by me in the aisle, and the poor guy, he, he smelled really bad, and I felt bad because we've all been there, I think, when we've been traveling a long time. And, uh, yeah, there's just no way to deal with it when you're on an airplane, you know, unless you had, like, I don't know, a bunch of potpourri you could put all over yourself or something. I don't know. <laughs> or just uh, put deodorant on. That's the first step I would take. 
Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, some people put, I think put, have put, a put, real problem where you, even that doesn't work. You said put potpourri. Do you mean the spray on yourself? Oh, yeah. Well, I meant just like some kind of Febreze or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I meant oh, okay. by that. Yeah. yeah. I'm having one of those days where I'm slow at, in, with my English, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyways, oh, you know what I thought of the other day? You know the company Yankee Candle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought to myself the other day it would be fun to tweet at the New York Times because I just read the New York Times on my phone. And I thought it would be fun to at New York Times and then include at uh, the Yankee Candle uh, Twitter account and connect them together and suggest an opportunity for both of them. So I, I, I put them both on the tweet and then I said, hey, you guys should team up and Yankee Candle can make a newspaper scented candle that I can light up while I'm reading the New York Times article on my phone. And I thought it was like kind of fun, you know, the two of them could see it together. Yeah. But then Twitter instantly took it down after some seconds. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Maybe I didn't post it right or, you know, do the proper steps to post it. So then I carefully wrote it out again and uh, put it up again and then Twitter took it down and I was like wait is this like inappropriate for me to link up two companies and suggest a a partnership like this and so then I I said maybe it's because I'm not following them so I followed both Yankee Candle and the New York Times tried it again it came right down again so I, I, I don't understand. And then so I wrote it up final time without adding them. I just wrote out the names of, of them, of their companies, but I didn't actually put their Twitter handles in the tweet, and it stayed up. So I don't know what's going on. Well, I think, I think people were manipulating, uh, yeah, putting probably people. Remember you used to be able to just do at McDonald's and they talk back to you? I, yeah. I guess you can't. It must be about crossing their the companies together. Yeah. Like they're they're mad because to them that actually might be a real business thing and they don't want the public pressure of people forcing a business decision on them. Or what if you did at New York Times and then at some like, you know, ISIS or something or you know what and I mean? And then they're linked together and they don't want to yeah, be. Yeah, they don't want to be or so you're forcing them to be in the same tweet. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. But I, I, it was like a real moment where I realized that uh, Twitter's really regulated now. You know, not that it, it wasn't, but I, I just realized they take little extra steps. You know, that they, they don't tell you about, then you just kind of have to find out what you can do. Yeah, it's kind of like you know? when uh, families were allowed to get on Facebook. Like it used to be college students, and then when they let everybody in, it was kind of like your grandma was on and. You couldn't. Yeah, there was like this month or two where all the parents got on, but the kids kept talking to each other like they were just the only ones there. And then you had all these screen grabs of moms seeing the foul things their sons were like writing (laughs) (laughs) and responding down below the post, you know? Yeah. Uh, But now everyone knows that it's a very uh, public place and, you know, it's not for like kids to just be juvenile and stuff like that. So uh, you say, have you seen anything crazy up in Vermont? Like New Year's Eve, let's get back to that. Anything big happen? No, nothing crazy happened. I was just in my Mm -hmm. house. Yeah, I I took a really short lift ride. It was only like $3 because I went so short a distance. And uh, the lift driver was making all kinds of uh, jokes, but he was like older I'd say he's probably in his 50s or so. And uh, he was saying things like, I heard it's going to get lit tonight. 
and I I, <laughs> I almost felt like saying you don't have to say lit. I don't say lit like grandpa jokes in a way. Yeah, like about pinching rear ends and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I, I had to do that kind of fake laugh for the entire journey. Like, <laughs> 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 and then for a second, I was like, wait a second, I'm Billy Bush in this guy. He's saying stuff that's like, I don't know. You no, should have called. You should. You should have called well, him. You should have called him out and said, "Sir, it's not good to talk about pinching rear ends. Could you please just drive me to well, my?" I, the thing about recalling this is, he he was a really nice guy, and he didn't even say anything that bad. But some of the things would were just kind of like corny jokes. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah did funny. you did you know Billy Bush is related to the Bush family, like George Bush and George H. Oh. He's like a cousin. Yeah, he's a cousin, I think, of of uh, George Bush. <laughs> now that you say it, I think he did. Yeah, he does have similar eyes to George W. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. Full circle, you know. It's a tiny world at the top of rich. The rich elites just run in tight circles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at the Mar-a-Lago uh, New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Someone joked on on Twitter that it looked like uh, the kind of gathering where the Joker would lock all the doors and then as Batman fights on the roof with him. Oh, wait, because it's all the rich people? It's just like women with gowns and pearls and men in tuxedos with in big, big rooms. So was big it, lavish rooms. So Donald Trump had New Year's Eve in Mar-a-Lago? He did, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's had it there the past 10 years or so. Well, good, good for him. It's been a big year. He's done a lot. Uh, yeah, he's been busy. Yeah, have you, speaking of that guy, have you heard of this book that came out recently called uh, Fire and Fury? Uh, yeah, I have heard about that. I haven't, I don't, is it out yet? Yeah, it is. Well, I think, yeah, I think you can buy it, but I was listening to some excerpts that were from the audiobook that were <laughs> were on YouTube today. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I, it's kind of embellished, I think. But if half of the stuff is true, then it was just a, a, a it, it alleges that he never wanted to be president, and he only wanted uh, to raise his brand awareness. And he was actually happy he was going to lose. And then mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it says in the book that uh, when he won the election, Melania was crying. And he was shocked and they didn't want like he didn't want to be president. But then within a day, he believed that he deserved to be and that it was mm-hmm. a good idea that everyone. Yeah, was, yeah, I read I read that. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, all of these things had had been reported previously. It's it's almost as if the this author had compiled all of the uh, moments from yeah. different people like uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, they it, it describes how he didn't doesn't really like Trump and kind of looks down on him. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how it's verified or what his sources are or anything, but it just sounds like no one really respects him in his inner circle from the book. But I I feel like someone has to respect him, you know, maybe the someone in the White House like an aide or something must think well, he's cool. But like no <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But no I think it's funny though. What's funny about that book is he the author has moments like that where, you know, an unknown aide overhears, uh, you know, Trump or Murdoch saying these things, but then he never has to cite anybody. So 
how do you know? I mean, I'm sure all the stuff is true, but then how do you verify that it is true, you know? Well, I think it's it's the same way you have uh, a journalist has sources that you can't name. But, mm-hmm. you know, how did we let... How, so it's just blind faith that, that the journalist is being... Honest. True and honest, yeah. Yeah, which I guess... I don't know. That's true. Yeah, we just trust. They're like, I have a source. And you say, okay, who is it? And they say, I can't say. But the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess if... It's just the reputation of the publication, I suppose. Well, if I'm they, a journalist and things that I've written in the past have all come true and come out as true for the past 20 or 30 years, then, yeah, then you'd have to trust me, right? Because I was, you know... Yeah. If then, I have a good, you've good got record. Then you've got a lot of uh, credibility built up in the bank so you can put out that one perfect bullshit story <laughs> yeah <laughs> right when the time is right <laughs> right well I don't no, know. i'm just kidding no and i'm not defending trump at all like you know i'm just saying it you know it's funny that um journalism is a funny thing and i don't know i mean i think for a long time we just took for granted that both sides right and left were just Truthful or no? I'm. I'm sh- I guess the the media has always been scrutinized, but what it's I, taken a oh what? It's just it, it's probably better that people question things now. But I think we're getting to the point where nobody trusts anything, and it's kind of scary. Like no, everyone's like, I don't know. I didn't hear that myself, and you know, <laughs> you, you know, nothing's real. I don't know. It's uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting a little bit scary, but uh, we'll see how it all pans out. Maybe 2018 will be the year where we figure out a way to verify things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll Speaking figure. of panning out, reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth. And there's a new <laughs> movie from director Guillermo del Toro that I think it's just come out about a, uh, an aquatic creature. Oh, yeah? falls in love with a, with a human woman. Have you seen that? No. Uh, is it like Swamp Thing or something? Yeah. It's kind of based on Swamp Thing. Huh. So it looks good. You're going to go see that? Yeah. Um, Wait, let me... I'm just looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like the aquatic creature from Hellboy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's called the, The Shape of Water is the name of it. Oh, okay. Hmm. And I guess... Oh, he came to one of your mod shows, right? Yes. Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman watched one of my sketch shows uh, when I was performing comedy, and they laughed. Guillermo del Toro. I was told that Guillermo del Toro laughed like a little child watching me perform, so that felt really good because <laughs> it was a very messed up sketch where I was a fortune teller, uh, and I can't go into the details because it's very dirty, but I was a dirty fortune teller. Oh, you know what? Something fun that happened uh, in California this week was uh, weed became cleared to be used recreationally, so you don't even need a medicinal card now. You can just kind of walk into dispensaries in Hollywood and get your weed. So people were lining up uh, a few days ago to get their, their legal weed. So did you put on your green and white striped tall cat in the hat hat and... Uh you know, some green tinted sunglasses and head on down to the dispensary. Did you do that? <laughs> no, I should have. I mean, yeah, I don't mind uh, marijuana, but I, I personally don't, I'm not like a, 
like Willie Nelson or anything. I don't, you know, I don't need it like all the time, but you know, <laughs> you're not a, I don't, you're not a 70 year old man living on a tour bus with yeah, long Yeah. Like if you ask me about it, I'm, my eyes aren't going to light up and I'm not going to tell you about all the beneficial properties and how it can change the world for the better. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like that, but I, you know, I'm fine with weed or marijuana. Mm-hmm. Cannabis. Yeah. And uh, I actually do think maybe one of those um, poncho type things that we call drug rugs might be comfortable. I've never owned one, but I think you used to own one. Yeah, I owned one. I got one at a Goodwill or thrift store, and I used to wear it when I lived in Colorado because it kind of fit in because there are a lot of stoners out there. And I used to wear it around the town I lived in in Colorado. Yeah, it's a classic uh, piece of... uh, American clothing, I think, Mm -hmm. or not really American. I don't know where it's from, but speaking of uh, federal people, don't you think Robert Mueller, the head of that FBI investigation, looks kind of like uh, he should be on X-Files or he just has a big head and, you know, very, very combed hair. He just looks like an FBI agent. Oh, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he looks kind of like just a classic white man, I, I guess. He just looks like a, he looks kind of like he should be in the 30s, the 1930s, like a detective or a gangster or something. Yeah, what is it about that? Like in the 50s, it seems like people had like bigger faces and bigger heads. Big square jaws. Why was that? <laughs> or maybe those were the actors that I saw from movies of that era. Because I've heard if you have a big head, it's easier to be an actor. Yeah, you show up on camera. A big face. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't have a tiny face. Did I ever tell so, you uh, one time I was when I was out in L.A., I was being an extra for a country music television CMT promo. We were down there, and I was at the, the lunch counter because we were in a little deli, our old school diner in downtown L.A. And, uh, you know, I was probably getting like 80 or $90 for the six-hour day. And... Uh, at one point, though, they had me switch with a guy who was closer to the camera, uh, and I, they didn't explain why. They're just like, you move here, and then this guy moves here. And then at lunchtime, I was just eating lunch, and the director came over to me, and he said, uh, hey, I just want to let you know uh, the reason we moved you closer to the camera is uh, I think your face reads better on the camera. And I said, Oh, thanks. You're giving me a big head. And he's like, well, don't take it that far. He's like, <laughs> you're just, uh, he's like, we, he's like, no, he's like, well, it's not, he's like, you're an extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you thought they were going to maybe like feature you more. Yeah. But did he, did you really say you're giving me a big head? Because did he say it was because your head was large and your face was big that he put you closer or he just said like, he just said, better. he just said I look better on camera than the other guy or my, I read better or whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I, I just said, Oh, you're giving me a big head. And he's like, well, don't take it that far. And he kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, and then you continued eating your chicken and pasta. Yeah. Chicken and pasta and, you know, salad hanging out in the, down by the RV parked on the sidewalk. Did they give you kind of a nice hot lunch or was it? Oh yeah, nice hot lunch catered. It was uh yeah. it was funny, you know. I used to we both used to pick up those jobs. I didn't do I wasn't extraing a lot, but you know, if mm-hmm. I used to crew on I I crewed Wait, on, how did you find that? How did you get that? You just applied online? I think I did a lot of Craigslist, I think early on, like 2006 or something. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I also crewed on a 
uh, Armenian music video, and I ended up being a camera assistant on that, and that was down in Orange County. Um, and it was just a bunch of Armenians dancing in a restaurant they rented. And the guy who was producing the music video, I think it was his cousin, was uh, a woman who was singing and stuff. And he just kept pulling out cash out of his pocket to pay people. Like he, he'd be like, uh, he'd be like, we need more camera people. We need, uh, we need more sound equipment. And they, they were like people come to him, and he just kept dishing out like hundred dollar bills to these people. <laughs> and wow. I was like, Where's the, who is this guy? Uh, and he, he paid. <laughs> Wait, he, what's that? He paid me in cash too at the end of the shoot. So did he just kind of have? It looked like just two huge full pockets in his pants, and he would just keep pulling these hundreds out. He had those jeans with the really big back pocket and the flap that looks like a bat wing. You know, and the you know, and the, <laughs> oh, yeah, the I know pattern those, on yeah. the pocket, the elaborate stitching, and the the little sequin metal buttons on it, and in mm-hmm. those pockets, there must have been several thousand dollars in cash that he kept wow. just. Uh, yeah, he's just. I mean, sometimes I'll lose like a dollar in the laundry, but I wonder if he's ever thrown those jeans in into his washer. <laughs> I he probably wouldn't care. He probably just had more but what part of town was that in <clears throat> that was down in orange county uh oh, past okay. anaheim um yeah we yeah you did a lot of that yeah, yeah i worked for three days so as a camera assistant i i pushed the dolly like we actually had a dolly set up which is uh the little cart you put a camera on and i we made a semi-circle dolly track and i pushed it back and forth uh for like two hours one time just getting shots of this woman singing with backup dancers <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh it's funny i don't know there's all sorts of little productions going on in la just privately funded shoots and you know yeah that was funny you what did you do in the bo nasty video bo nasty who is was that in new in york New York city there's a rapper named bo nasty oh yeah Oh yeah. So I was, yeah, in, in college in between my junior and senior year, I was interning in Manhattan at a film company that did documentaries for the National Geographic channel. And one of the other interns there, uh, was a guy named Mark, I think. And he was going to direct a music video for a rapper from, I think Brooklyn named Bo Nasty. And, uh, I was like, Oh Mark, if you need any help, I'll help you with the rap video. And he's like, okay, uh, we're going to start shooting uh, after work on a Friday and then it's going to go all night to early Saturday morning because that was the cheap time when they could use this dance hall kind of that was in Manhattan. So I go there and there was a uh, Bo Nasty was dressed in a, a Johnny like a, for a hospital. He's, he's a really nice guy. And the thing was, there were a bunch of naughty nurses uh and so these women were dressed in sexy nurse outfits and the concept was Bo Nasty was in the hospital because he was going insane. He was going nuts. <laughs> and it, Wait, why was he going nuts though? Because I think the song was about how he was just crazy and he'd do anything, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I forgot what the song went like, but we had this sort of green light and a smoke machine and they put him on a gurney and wheeled him at the camera and stuff. And it, yeah, it was really fun. We stayed up all night. You, you hear the song, they call it playback when you're doing a music video and the people lip sync to the music that's playing out loud. 
And so everyone gets to know the song on a music video shoot because you're just hearing it over and over like a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And uh, yeah, we finally finished the shoot and you become good friends with everybody. And I, I think I got some pictures with the naughty nurses. I don't know where that is. And uh, yeah, it was good. And then I just walked to the subway as the sun was rising. And it was, a, it was one of my first shoots that lasted all night. And I, I just had a great time. It was really mm. fun. You know what I saw? Uh, Honda is coming out with a fuel cell car you can actually buy now called the Clarity, and it's mm-hmm. it runs on a hydrogen. So you go to a, a fill-up station and you put hydrogen into the car, and it's held in a tank. So it's a you know hydrogen is gas, um, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't create any emissions. So it's pretty cool. Are people wary of those blowing up? I mean, it could blow up, yes, but I think also a car. You know what? Uh, what else can blow up is a tank full of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny if uh, you know how. Yeah, yeah, gas engines. When I see electric cars go by now, it makes like even like when I see a Ferrari go by, I'm like, oh, that's a, that's an old fashioned car, you know, because it's just so loud and noisy and inefficient, and it's spitting exhaust out, and it, it's like very inefficient compared to just an electric motor directly feeding power to the wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was just like, wow, I never thought that I would look at like high performance sports cars and think that they look old fashioned, you know, in a way, like they're dated now. Yeah. Uh, but in a way, it reminds me of, you know, it sounds insane, but that'd be funny if they had gunpowder cars that they tried to experiment with at the same time as gasoline cars. <laughs> like somehow it's just like a bunch of cartridges firing. I bet somebody did. Oh, so it's just spilling gun, like shell casings out of the... Yeah, it's t- just like shooting like a full automatic gun while it drives you maybe a <laughs> hundred feet and then it runs out of shell. <laughs> so just firing blank shells into the pistons. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just has a huge belt of like machine gun feeding into the top of the car like Mad Max. That, like, that would actually, you could, that would work, I bet, if you had... Yeah, you could make a machine gun car that goes maybe like a hundred yards and then runs out of ammo. Someone should do that. That would be cool. Yeah, that sounds like something like the uh, Mythbusters would do or something. They it, Those shows, I, lo- I liked watching those shows, but they pissed me off too because all you want to see is the last two minutes where they actually make the thing test it. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is just a tease, the whole show. And then with commercials, you watch like five minutes of commercials or six minutes of commercials and... Just the old format of television used to really be maddening. Apple's going to dump a billion trying to make their own content. We'll see how that goes. That movie Bright came out for Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, uh, Netflix, um, it's funny. They tweeted about themselves in the third person after Bright was released on Netflix because so the Netflix Twitter account wrote, so-and-so proposes a movie where Will Smith has like a, an ogre for as a buddy cop movie. All the other studios turn it down. Netflix says, hold, hold my apple teeny, like hold my beer. <laughs> like they'll do what all the other studios won't. And it just seemed a little, uh, little, I don't know, braggy in a way. Yeah. Like we'll just make a movie that no one, none of the other studios with not as much financial backing, they wouldn't dare to do, but we'll just like make a joke movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's not a joke. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe, maybe it's fun. Yeah. I just hadn't seen it advertised anywhere. I just saw it on the Netflix. Is that how they advertise? It just comes into your home. 
and you see like yeah maybe i think that's the new model is like you're just like surprise a new movie because yeah normally i get pumped up to see a movie but this one looked high quality but i hadn't seen it on tv ads or anything or or apple trailers or anything nothing yeah i just i was like oh you guys maybe you can find it on youtube maybe they have it i'm sure they have a trailer maybe but yeah yeah, it's interesting. Well, if you didn't have an advertising budget, it would cut the budget in half because that's most of the budget, I feel like, is advertising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it used to be on a big movie, you'd spend like, you know, 50, 100 million on marketing. Mm-hmm. But Oh, uh, so you were said you were slipping and sliding on the way home today? Well, kind of intentionally. I don't have snow tires, uh, but I, if I feather the gas, I don't slip, but... I can kind mm-hmm. of cut the wheel and gun it on a corner, and then I do a little rally turn corner, you know? So you were having fun rallying home, and Sammy's got some studded tires on his Jeep. He can go anywhere in the storm. Yeah. Is it snowing right now? It's let up, but the cyclone bomb <laughs> is still going. Yeah, so you have any plans this weekend? Are you going to do anything fun? I don't know. Maybe go for a hike in Altadena. Where's Altadena? Northeast of Glendale. And it's a mountain range, and there's a cool mountain called Echo Mountain up that way. And when Lindsay was visiting out here, we hiked up it. And there was a man from New Hampshire a long time ago, maybe back in the 20s, that had a mon- um, a cable car that would bring people up to the top of Echo Mountain. And then there was a casino at the top that he built because he wanted, I think he had visited the Alps and wanted a cable car and a casino like in Switzerland. Because mm-hmm. he was a wealthy guy, and he engineered it all. And you could still hike up there, and there's no building anymore, but there's a foundation of the old casino at the top of the hill. It's just kind of like a dry Southern California hill, a mountain. And then there's a uh, a metal megaphone, and that's why it's called Echo Mountain. You can yell through this steel megaphone that's still there, and your voice will echo off the surrounding hills. So it was kind of fun to yell through the megaphone. Oh, I'd never heard of that. That's a cool place. Yeah, and they have, you know, kind of uh, park service th- uh, placards you can read about the casino and how it looked pretty fancy back when it was up and running. Hmm. That's cool, isn't it? I think there's also a casino out on Catalina, the island off the coast of Los Angeles. Yeah, I think it was in the before the Depression when things were peaked out and people were just going to casinos in these crazy locations everywhere. Yeah. Well, not everybody, but, you know, the privileged few. You know, one time uh, I went to the Hustler Casino down by uh, Compton um, because there was a bike shop down there and I needed to exchange my bike shoes and they had the color that I wanted. So I went down to the bike shop and then on the way back home, I saw the Hustler. For bike shoes? Yeah, just for biking, you know, the kind of shoes you clip into pedals. Uh, when I, yeah, oh, are those your Mavic shoes? Yeah, my Mavic mountain bike shoes. So I got the Mavic mountain bike shoes, and then I was going home, and I saw the Hustler Casino, and I said, you know what? I have uh, 20 bucks. I'm going to go in and play some blackjack and see what happens. Uh, so I went in mm-hmm. there, and I was up, you know, probably, I think I was up to 120 I might have got up to $200, and then I left with 120 and I just took that money from Hustler. I was playing next to a family, and they ordered dinner while they were playing blackjack, and they had a player, a Hustler player's card, and they put everything on the player's card, and uh, it looked great. They were just having a nice day out. 
and playing. Oh, so one of the adults was really good at gambling and used their card to uh, buy everyone dinner. Yeah, I think she was pretty good at gambling, or she just dumped all her money into the <laughs> that casino. But it, so, what makes it the Hustler Casino? Are there? Does it seem like Hustler Magazine is kind of like Playboy? So is it kind I, of like a? I mean, the, I don't know, the women, naked people on pictures on the walls? Or? No, it's not like, there's nothing dirty about it. It's just owned by Larry Flint, I think the owner of Hustler magazine. And everything has the Hustler logo, like from the magazine. And then the waitresses are just kind of wearing like Playboy Bunny stuff. But it's not, it's not a dirty place. Really. So in other words, you felt right at home, Josh. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I said, this is where I need to be, baby. And then I went back every every weekend after that. No, I didn't go. That was my one and only time at the Hustler Casino, and I never went back. Oh, did you get a, what was it, Mega Millions ticket? There, It's in the news that it's really high this year. Uh, the, or it's Powerball or something, some nationwide lottery. Is it up to a billion again? It's getting close. It's at a half a billion, I think. Oh, I remember I bought a ticket, I think, two years ago when it was up to a billion, and I won a dollar on that ticket because I got the Powerball number, and it felt kind of, I don't know, I got two dollars. I think it was, I think I got a little profit. It was good. I I remember I bought a ticket for that one, too, just because it was a billion, and I think I heard that you did, so I was, I never buy Powerball tickets, but it was funny that one ticket I got because I never buy them. I started thinking in my mind what would happen if I won and the, if I should keep it a secret from even my closest family members for a month just so that word won't get out because like someone would hunt you down or something if they knew you were worth a billion and you would need to carefully plan out how you could be protected and like make sure your loved ones are protected before everyone knows the identity your identity, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, that Getty movie's coming out where the, the Getty boy was kidnapped. So I was starting to strategize at work, like how I would protect the family and like not tell anyone for several months and just keep going to my normal job and pretending that life was normal. That would that would be so hard to keep going to your job when you knew that you didn't have that you to. had a billion dollars. Yeah, I would just I've, it would be very hard for me. I think I would. I don't know. But it would feel kind of exciting in a way because it, I feel like it, that's how a CIA agent feels uh, working at, like, I don't know, like if they work somewhere at a normal place, but then they go off and try to ruin centri- centrifuges in Iran or something. I don't know. Or I think you would feel like Superman uh, working at the Daily Planet because he used to get screamed at Clark Kent. You know, he'd be like, Clark! You didn't do mm-hmm. the thing right, and but he could have just beat up everyone in the place, and you know he yeah he must have had I mean he's a fictional cartoon uh, comic character, but it, he must have had super emotional intelligence to keep himself at bay. <laughs> oh, the Winter Olympics are coming right up in Pyeongchang. It's actually I think coming up February maybe or uh, well I could look it up, but I. I I saw the Oscars are going to be later this year because of the Winter Olympics. So the Oscars aren't happening till March, I don't think. Oh, they're moving them because of mm-hmm. the Olympics? Yeah, I think Jimmy Kimmel's doing it again. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. Oscars time, Oscar season out in Hollywood's pretty crazy with uh, all the streets blocked off. 
we remember we used to go to a bar and everyone just goes and watches the Oscars because you can hear the helicopters overhead and the town shut down anyway. So no one can really do anything. All the all the bars are rented out for parties. Uh, so people just kind of treat it like a snowstorm or something. You know, on the East Coast in the snowstorm, you just hang out at a bar. And during the Oscars out in L.A., you hang out in a bar with all the, the normal people. Yeah, it's happening Oh, it's the 90th this year. 90th Academy Awards, Sunday, March 4th at 5 p.m. Hmm. Pacific time. So everybody uh, tune in if you want to watch that. Or if you don't care, you know, just stack some wood. Well, the Oscars are fun. I know you're probably going to have a fun time. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to coming out at the end of the month uh, for that wedding. And, uh, yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I think it's pretty good. Uh, they've contained the Thomas fire by 92%, so things are cooling down in Southern California. Yeah, and it'll be great to see you when you come out. Well, all right. Well, good way to kick off the new year. Yeah, well, quick, 2018, baby. Everybody uh, stick to your New Year's resolutions, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, th- and remember, uh, be like Mariah Carey. If there's no tea around, don't sweat it. Just keep rolling. She didn't have hot tea. You don't have hot tea. We're all going to do okay. All right. So, Sounds good. Uh, all right. This has been Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. Uh, see you next time. All right. See ya.